Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. The record of the Passover given in Exodus is very detailed. Nowhere else in Scripture do we find such a detailed account of Christ's redemption, for His redemption is the clear message of the Passover. The reason for all the detail is that God wants us to know the redemption of Christ in a thorough way. It's God's intention that we neither neglect nor forget this redemption, but that we remember and appreciate it for all time, even in its marvelous details. And joining us once again as we enjoy these portions of Witness Lee's spoken ministry is Francis Ball. Francis, welcome back to the broadcast today. Thank you for your welcome, and it's always good to be here. Well, Francis, our message today continues dealing with the institution of the Passover feast for the children of Israel. When we read these verses in Exodus 12 and 13, we can't help but be impressed by all the detail. Why is there such detail given in the scriptures to this Old Testament matter of the Passover? Well, I believe the main reason there's so much detail given here is because the redemption that it illustrates or that it prefigures is so uh, marvelous and so detailed, but not brought out that way in the New Testament. So this picture in the Old Testament gives us a lot of detail to give us much appreciation of what has been involved in our redemption. This is also intended to be a memorial for the children of Israel. Actually, in uh, verse 14 of chapter 12, it says, And this day will be a memorial to you, and you shall keep it as a feast to Jehovah. Throughout your generations, as a perpetual statute, you shall keep it as a feast. So this indicates that it is God's intention that we neither neglect or forget the redemption of Christ. We need to remember Christ's redemption in a specific and detailed way, not just in a general way. And I believe, Chris, that so many Christians who have experienced redemption have only touched the very entrance, the very smallest part. So I think this message will open up much more to us today. Francis, in our first section today, we're going to look at the specific way that the children of Israel could eat of the Passover. Let me read this verse also from Exodus 12, and this is verse 11. And this is how you shall eat it, with your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And you shall eat it in haste. It is Jehovah's Passover. Here's Witness Lee with our first section today. By reading all the portions, we all should have realized that the record of the Passover is very much in detail. Rarely we can find a record in the whole Bible so detailed as the Passover. There must be a reason. The reason is this. In this detailed record, you have the word memorial used twice. God says this Passover 
or this day of Passover should be made a memorial to you and to your descendants for generations and every year. By this you can see in God's intention the redemption of Christ should never be neglected or forgotten by us in any day. All the time we must remember Christ's redemption. Not in a rough way, not in a general way, but in a specific and detailed way. The Passover is wonderful. And the Passover lamb is wonderful. But there is the need of the way to apply it. Actually, the record of the Passover is in details more in the part of application. God's way for his redeemed to apply the Passover is to get them ready to be an army, a fighting army, to eat the Passover with loins girded, with shoes on the feet, with a staff in hand, and in haste. We all can agree with this one thing. Before we were saved, we were so loose. There was no girdle in our whole being. You have to gird yourself. Then you are feeding to apply the Passover, to take the Passover. You cannot be, and you should not be, a loose person. You must be a person girded up. Number one. Number two, to put the shoes on the feet. Means what? You are ready to take the way. Even today, you could see all the soldiers. They were solid, strong shoes. We all know this. With bare feet, you cannot go that well. Then, with the stuff in the hand, in ancient time, all the people who uh, were going to take a long journey. Everyone needed a staff. So both the girdle, the shoes, and the staff, all were for what? All were for taking a journey. And this journey was not an ordinary, peaceful journey. It was a fighting journey. They have to fight that they may go out of Egypt. So they needed to gird the loins and to put the shoes on their feet and to have the staff in the hand, ready to go and ready to go to fight. Francis, again, we're seeing that there is much to be gained from the details. The eating of the Passover lamb was not something that could be done in a light or casual way. The Lord was very specific, even regarding the apparel of the person eating the Passover. He had to have his loins girded, sandals on his feet, and with a staff in his hand. What's the point of these three items, Francis? I remember hearing this story of this portion of the Bible years ago. And the only thing that really I was impressed with was the blood that was put on the doorpost. 
And uh, I did learn early in my Christian experience that the blood on the doorpost, of course, represents the blood of the Lord Jesus who protected me from the judgment of God, who kept me from being taken away by the by the death angel. That's what I saw, and that's about it. I don't remember before hearing this ministry, hearing about the loins girded and the sandals on your feet and the staff in your hand. This is all part of our redemption experience. We have to realize that there's much more to this than just uh, the shedding of the blood and the applying of the blood to the doorpost. As precious as that is, these other items are still very much part of our redemption because the people of Israel were brought out like armies. The message of redemption includes our being dressed, that is, our loins girded, ready for battle, and ready for a journey, too, because the sandals on their feet, that indicates we're getting ready for a long journey. And then to take a staff in the hand, when you're going on a journey, especially when you might meet some obstacles, you need to have a staff in your hand. This detail of this picture of redemption is much broader and much deeper and much more experiential than we thought before. I hope this could open up to many, many of our listeners. Well, I appreciate very much that you would bring our attention to these three items, Francis. They are critical. Of course, in addition, we have the blood on the doorpost, and this is the most easily understood, uh, most commonly understood aspect of this picture of the Passover. But these other items, these other details all convey very rich, very meaningful content to us in our own experience. In our coming portion, there's a definite requirement on even how the blood of the Lamb was to be applied to the doorpost. Again, from chapter 12 of Exodus, this is verse 22. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that's in the basin, and you shall apply some of the blood that is in the basin to the lentil and to the two doorposts. Once again, let's join Witness Lee. The blood touched what part of the house? The entrance is for the function to uh, receive the proper persons and the proper things. Anything that's proper and persons that are proper and this entrance receives. Then anything that is not proper and a person that is not proper, the entrance set them out. Now, this blood put on the lintel and the two posts of the door implies that the blood opens the way for us to get into Christ, for the redeemed to get into the house. All the redeemed ones were there within the house through the sprinkled Door. The entry into Christ is fully opened, guaranteed by the redeeming blood. The redeeming blood opens the gate. And the redeeming blood gives us a free entry with a very warm welcome. The blood, on the one hand, opened the gate for the redeemed ones to get into the house for protection. And then the blood shut the gate, guarded the redeemed ones from God's judgment. Then how this blood can be 
put on the lintel doorpost. It says with hyssop. I would uh, give you a verse. First King chapter 4 verse 33. There it says Solomon the man of wisdom counted all the plants from the top one the cedar tree of Lebanon. Tall, great, big, heavy. That the top plant to the smallest one. That is the hyssop. Small. The smallest among all the plants. According to New Testament Revelation, the smallest thing is our faith. Our faith is smallest thing. Hallelujah. God didn't require the cedar tree to be our faith. If this was God's requirement, none of us could make it. You don't need a big faith. And actually, none of us can have a big faith. It doesn't matter how small your faith is. As long as you have faith, you just have such a little hyssop. The blood is applied to you. As long as the blood is applied to you, the whole Passover is yours. Could you see the blood was the very entrance. The blood is the entrance. And how to apply the blood? Not by great faith, but by little faith. Little faith. It's a faith. You apply the blood by your little faith. The blood is the entry. Ushering you into Christ. And putting you into Christ. Right away, you are in the house. When you are in the house, the Passover is yours. This is the way to apply. Well, Francis, here's another marvelous picture for us to consider. Of course, the blood on the lintel or doorpost signifies the entrance. Praise the Lord. In redemption, we all have an entrance. But it also says that the blood was to be applied to the doorpost with hyssop. What's the significance of hyssop, Francis? You know, this is very precious. In Solomon's writings, he makes mention of uh, the pine and the smallest kind of bush, the hyssop. To say hyssop here indicates that it's a small amount or a small little bush that can be dipped not to a big barrel of blood but to a little basin of blood. Just dipping that hyssop in there and applying that to the doorpost and to the lintel shows us that hyssop is a picture of our faith. Just a little bit of faith, just a small amount of faith can bring you God's salvation. It's so simple that a person can just call on the name of the Lord and he will receive the benefit and the application of the blood that forgives his sins, washes him, and makes him presentable to God. So many times we think, well, we don't have enough faith, we don't have enough works. Just a little bit of faith even to say, thank you, Lord. Even to say, Lord, I love you. Even to call on his name, Lord Jesus. Especially if you say, come into me to be my life. That's enough faith for a person to get regenerated. What a picture this is. Our faith, in our estimation, it seems, is never really that great. But it only takes a little to bring the effectiveness of this marvelous blood on the doorpost. And the death angel surely passes over. That's right. We realize that a little faith is sufficient 
for us to be forgiven, for us to be saved. That's a wide open door. Everyone who would just call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, Francis, in our final portion today, there's a wonderful lesson also to be learned from the last portion of verse 22. I'm going to read that now, plus verse 23. It says this, And none of you shall go outside the entrance of his house until the morning, for Jehovah will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, Jehovah will pass over the entrance and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to smite you. For our final time today, let's rejoin Witness Lee. I would ask you a few questions. Why the redeemed ones had to remain in the house? The basic concept in the Bible concerning redemption is identification. We all know Christ became our substitute. Yet, Substitution depends upon identification. If you are not one with Christ, Christ could never substitute you. And this is why in the Old Testament types, there was one type showing this identification. That is the Ark of Noah. All the saved ones by the Ark, they have to be in the Ark. To be in the ark means what? To be identified with the ark. To be one with the ark. Whatever the ark passed through, that was theirs. Because they were one with the ark. One not by joining together. One by being within. To join Christ is to enter into him. God has put us into Christ. 1 Corinthians 1 says, it is of God that we are in Christ. God put us into Christ. Actually, our entry into Christ is so clearly portrayed, it is the blood. When we use the little system and put the blood upon the door, we are in the house. That means we are in Christ. We are in Christ. After we get into Christ, remain there. To remain in the house, John 15 says, Abide in me. Remain here. Keep the identification. Keep the union. Anything that is apart from Christ becomes man's endeavoring, man's struggle, man's strife. You don't need to struggle. You don't need to strive. You just enter into the house through the sprinkled gate. Then you are in. When you are in, you are identified with the house. You are one with the house. You are in union with the house. And where is the house? The house is just Christ. We have to remain in the very spot where we have been redeemed. Where the blood is sprinkled. And here, on this spot, you have the house. And that is Christ. The redeeming blood all the time keeps us in Christ. But you have to realize, whenever you endeavor to do something, you reject the principle of redemption. The principle of redemption that you don't need to do anything. You only need to exercise your hyssop to touch the blood. 
whenever your little hyssop touches the blood, the entry is open. Amen. And you are in. But never get out by trying to do something. Remain there in the house. And here we participate in the Passover. Francis, the final requirement that we're going to look at regarding the eating of the Passover was that the children of Israel also had to remain in their house for the entire night. They were not allowed to go out. Witness Lee likens this to the ones that were in the ark with Noah. Their only help, if they were to be spared, was to remain in the ark. What about remaining in the house, Francis, for us? What do we see here? Well, it certainly is true that not only do we come into Christ by means of the blood, but when we're in Christ, we are in Christ in the house. Actually, Christ is the blood, and Christ is the house. He is uh, everything to us, and we just need to remain in Him. Even in the Gospel of John, it says, Abide in me, and I in you. That means He wants us to remain. When He brings us to Himself, by the blood, He brought us to Himself. That was on the door. That's the entrance. Once we get into Christ through the precious blood that's on the door, the gate has been opened so that we can come in, and now we need to remain in there. So much of the time, we come to Christ, and we feel like that we've experienced His salvation, and we believe that He is the Savior, but then we leave Him to do our own things, our own way, to live our own life. So this really means that we should remain in Christ. Once we're brought in through the door of this redemption, then that's where we should live, in the house. Now, what are they doing in the house? In the house, they're eating. They're eating the lamb. The lamb's blood was shed. The lamb, of course, is Christ. And uh, the house is Christ. The lamb and the blood are one. And we are brought into that oneness with him to live there, to be one with him. So we're here in the house, eating the lamb, being strengthened, being supplied, and told to remain in the house, not to go out of the house. The whole night, they were not to go out of the house. The danger of being out of the house would be that they would be taken by the death angel. But under the blood, the cleansing of the blood kept them from being uh, taken by the death angel. That's the safe place. So we got safe. But we need to remain in the house. To be in this kind of situation, this will take us our whole life through. All the night we'll be there with him. If we remain in the house, we'll be safe. I believe, Brother Chris, that this is a very striking point of this whole matter of our redemption. We're in the house based on the redemption. Even our conduct, our actions, our work, and everything should be based on this redemption that we received when we got under the blood and in the house. Francis, let me ask you to comment on this point. It touched me very much that even after we're redeemed, our spiritual successes or spiritual attainments, if we try to offer those to the Lord for Him to receive us on the basis of those attainments or successes, that also is a kind of leaving the house, isn't it? That's right. Anything we trust in besides the redeeming blood of Christ will take us away from this abiding in Him. I think anyone who has walked with the Lord for some time has had this very real experience. 
Any attempt to offer anything of ourself will always result in our being, at least temporarily, brought under the effect of the death angel. That's right. It certainly will uh, put us in danger of not experiencing the full salvation that God has for us. To be redeemed is one thing. To remain in the house is a continuation of that one thing, and that remaining is based upon the redeeming Christ in shedding his blood for us. Well, Francis, we've pointed out to our listeners that it is the details, the wonderful details of redemption, that probably nowhere are as so clearly portrayed as they are in this story in Exodus. Yes, and there are many more there than we've been able to touch today. We hope that you've enjoyed this life study message today as much as Francis and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.